The following message is brought to you by Champions Church. For more information, please visit champschurch.com. So we turn to the scripture for a definition of love. I want you, if you have your Bibles there, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, I want to begin in verse 4, but you're going to see a list of attributes that describe or make up what love is. Now I have this as a goal for us as we go through these attributes, that we see these things multiply in our lives. I want to be a, a loving pastor. I want to be a loving husband. I want to be a loving father. I want to be a man that would be described as a man that knew, understood, and walked in the love of God. I want our congregation to be a congregation of those who know how to love one another, that we might be revealed to this world as the disciples of Jesus Christ, all because of the love that we would have for one another. And in order for that to happen, we're going to need to have the things that make up love magnified and multiplied and released through our lives. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, beginning in verse 4, says, Love is, and it goes on to describe love. Love is patient. Love is kind. It is not jealous or envious. Love does not brag. It's not arrogant. It doesn't act unbecomingly. It doesn't seek its own. Love is not provoked. It doesn't take into account wrongs suffered. Love doesn't rejoice in unrighteousness, but it rejoices in the truth. Love bears all things. Love believes all things. Love hopes all things. Love endures all things. And then it goes on to say, love never fails. What an incredibly powerful passage of Scripture. I mean, I've had a number of things in my life that I thought fell short of success. Whether those things were, were small things, whether they were large things, it could be everything from a conversation where I blew it, it could be in a, a business venture where a choice or a decision was made that was, was corrupted or selfish or self-serving. It could be on a, any level of measure, but it just didn't measure up to success. Uh, if According to this scripture, that any lack of success in my life isn't an absence of, of money or an absence of, of of character or an absence of anything that could be listed there, but rather if it's love that never fails, it's simply an absence of love. I mean, it sounds weird and it might even sound a little cliche, but if love is all of those things, then it makes perfect sense. Because most of the compromised decisions I've ever made has been because of a lack of patience or maybe I was provoked. You know, hey, you push me, Jack, look out. And push back. Bad choice, but made because of provocation. Or, or maybe it was uh, self-seeking. You know, I think I deserve that, so I'm just going to reach out and take it. But if I can get love active in my life, my mind renewed by love, my, my motivations becoming love, then all of the things that make up love are going to be revealed through my words and my actions. If love is what I'm operating in, you're going to see patience. You're going to see kindness. You're not going to see envy. Uh, you're, you go down that list and you can create that description of what love looks like. I tell my wife I love you all the time. I love you. 
But I have to ask myself, if I, am I convicted if I were to say, I'm patient with you? Yeah. Ah, well, oops. I'm not arrogant with you. I don't brag. Man, I brag when I brush my teeth. It's like, you see that? Look at that. See that form? I'm the best. Could go pro. Jeez. So I want us to consider that. I mean, to just take this passage of Scripture and say, hey, you know what? For a few weeks here in the new year, I want to I become intimately acquainted with what love is. So that it doesn't just become some four-letter word in my vocabulary that I toss around loosely, but I want to understand it, and I want it to be real in me. When I function and I operate in love, I want it to have all of the things that make up love revealed and released through it. <clears throat> so the first one on this list is patience. Love is patient. I mean, what an interesting thing for God to, to open up with as he's describing and revealing love to us. I think it's kind of funny, right? I mean, if I were writing it, it would be like, you know, love is romantic. Well, apparently that didn't even make the list. But it starts here with love is patient. So it ought to reveal something. One, the priority of patience, the need for patience, right? Now, I've never had anybody cheer when I've talked about patience before. In fact, I think for most of us, patience is a bit of a test and a trial, right? It's tough. But patience is something that is really important, really valuable. There's some rich rewards for operating in patience, and there's a reason why patience needs to be in our life. I want to get into a couple of passages of Scripture here regarding patience as we begin to learn more and more about what love is so that we can love one another. Uh, patience has a source. If you want to take down a couple of passages of scriptures, I'll give them to you. Uh, Romans 15.5 identifies God as the God of patience. It reads like this, Now the God of patience and consolation grant to you be, to be like-minded toward one another according to Jesus Christ. The God of patience. I mean, I, I always talk about the word of when we talk about things like the God of patience. Because of, to me, is a really powerful word. It's yoking God and patience together, and it's a wonderful and powerful connection there. I see of as a possessive word. Like you could say, hey, that's Preston's Bible, or you could say, well, that's the Bible of Preston. So you, you see that, that God is the possessor of all patience. I mean, there's no patience outside of him. He is the God of patience. If we look for patience outside of God, it's going to come up short. And it's interesting to me that God is the God of patience. And I think it's kind of an advantage that he's outside of time, you know, that he's all-knowing. That's probably helpful when you're working with patience. But to have access to him who isn't hindered by time, God's never been in a hurry and he's never felt pressed or anything urgent. And that he knows all things, the end from the beginning. He truly is the source of all patience. When we feel pressed, when we feel under the gun, when we feel like time is expiring, when we feel like, like we've got to do it now, it's now or never, when we have those urgent feelings, we need to engage with the one who does not have those feelings. So that his influence can prevail in our choices and our decisions. At Galatians chapter 5 Beginning in verse 22, you see what we just refer to as the fruit of the Spirit. Now, the fruit of the Spirit is what we call it. Basically, what it means is the Spirit of God in your life produces these things. And it's things like love and joy 
peace, patience, kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. When the Spirit of God is at work, those are the things that are being produced and released in our words and in our actions. And it's interesting to me that one of those things is patience. That really tells me something. I mean, it reveals something to me. That if the Holy Spirit is sent into my life for the purpose of producing patience, it, it reveals to me that I really don't do it very well on my own. That God sees fit to send me help in order to have patience. So as we're looking for patience, as we're looking to pursue patience and obtain patience so that we can have love and love for one another, we're going to need to pursue the presence of God, the Spirit of God, as the source of patience that we might love one another. Uh, patience is a powerful and necessary thing in our life. I'll give you a passage of Scripture here. It's, it's not going to be possible or easy in any way to be fruitful or productive without patience. Uh, you've got to have patience. I'll give you a passage of Scripture here out of Luke. Luke chapter 8, verse 15. But to understand Luke 8, 15, you have to understand the, the context of it. And Jesus is talking about agriculture. He's talking about farming. He's talking about the, the things of God being sown like seed. And some of those things land on, on rocky soil, and some of those things land among the weeds, and then some of those things land where there's good soil. And it describes the good soil where things are fruitful, where things are productive. And this is how he describes the good soil in Luke 8.15. But the ground that was good... That was like that which is honest and good in heart. And it hears the word and it keeps it. And it brings forward fruit through patience. Through patience. I mean, patience is the whole key to fruitfulness. As Jesus is describing every single human being on the earth. Receiving the word of God. The instruction of God. The directions from God. To do or accomplish anything. Instructions to be successful in marriage. Instructions to be successful raising children. Instructions to be successful in ministry. Instructions to be successful in business. Instructions to be successful in fill in the blank. The key to the success of following God's instructions is all contingent upon patience. That will bring forward fruit through patience. Uh, it's something I kind of understand a little bit because I stepped into agriculture. Right out of high school, I loved farming and pursued farming. And if you're a farmer and you don't have patience, you're in the wrong line of work. Because you can put it in the dirt, but it's not going to just show up tomorrow. It takes time. And you have to wait. You have to trust. I've been around farmers that were high strung. And they'd go out there and dig in the grounds. My seed's still there. They're always checking on every, all the time, freaking out. And it's like, dude, chill out. It'll do its thing. We've got to be patient. And the key to being fruitful with the word of God is going to be patience. The key to loving one another and walking in that wonderful word, that call, that command that has a powerful promise of being in the presence of God. Love. It's going to require patience, patience with one another. Patience is necessary to receive God's promises. I, I told you when we looked at three things we'd find in the message, one of them was how to obtain or walk in God's promises. I mean, we hear about them, sing songs about them, write books about them, 
and we get real excited about the promises of God. But as we examine our lives, am I walking in those promises? Am I seeing them fulfilled? The benefits of his word, the benefits of my identity as, the, as a saint, the redeemed, are they existing in my life? Patience is a big part of that. I'll give you a passage of scripture here, but once again, it's helpful to know the context. So you're welcome to read the scriptures before it and after it in your own time. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 12. Hebrews chapter 6 describes uh, people that you read about in the scripture. People that were called to do great things and accomplished wonderful and powerful things. But as we get to what we're looking for in Hebrews 6.12, we find that patience is important and necessary. It identifies all of these people, these men and these women, who accomplished and received great things from God. It identifies how they did it in this one passage. Hebrews 6, verse 12. It's a call for us to, to be like those who received promises from God. It reads like this. Be followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises of God. So I've been in plenty of church services that tell me I need to have faith. you got to have faith to have the promises of God. It takes faith, brother, and that's true. But according to this passage of Scripture in Hebrews, that's half of it. It's going to take faith. You're going to have to trust and, and believe that God will do what He says He'll do. Now the back half, which can be just as challenging, if not more. Faith and patience. I believe God is a keeper of his word. I believe that he can do what he says he'll do. I believe that he will fulfill his promise to me. Now the back half of that is I will myself to wait for it. To not take matters into my own hands, but to walk in faith and patience. Faith that brings obedience. If he tells me to do this, I'll do it. If he tells me to go there, I'll go there. If his instruction is to live like this, I'm going to live like that. And then the patience to wait for him to bring the fulfillment to his word or his promise. Patience is important in receiving the promises of God. Another benefit of patience in our life, the patience that we need in order to really know what love is and how to love each other, is overcoming sin and temptation. I'll give you a passage of scripture here out of uh, the Gospel of John. John 21, verse 19. It says this. It says, in, in your patience possess ye your souls. I don't talk like that, and I really don't read King James very often, but the next few passages of Scripture are going to come from a King James translation because of its use of the word patience. But to, to possess your soul, to possess... The, the thing that, that God has redeemed in his cleansing and cleaning, to actually have a ownership and, and to make conscious decisions and choices is going to require patience. Uh, I'll give you an example that's maybe a little indirect, but you can see it in Matthew 4 and in Luke 4. Matthew chapter 4 and in Luke chapter 4, you see Jesus engaging uh, with the devil facing great temptation. Other passages of Scripture reveal that this isn't the only time Jesus ever dealt with temptation, but he's identified as a high priest who can relate with us, who he himself was tempted with every temptation. Well, when we read there in Luke or we read in the Gospel concerning Jesus' temptation, we read about three of them. But according to the rest of the Word, there were other temptations and he prevailed every time. But when you read about how he prevailed, when you read about the things that he did, 
you have to read between the lines, but I guarantee you, you will see and you will find patience. To wait for God's promise and not exchange his promise for something empty or vain that would come now. It's a key to, to living a life that defeats and overcomes temptation and sin. It's the key to receiving God's promises. It's the key to being fruitful. And it's necessary for us to function and operate in love. I want to give you a couple of passages of Scripture here as we begin to conclude. Patience has to be worked in order to work. I mean, it sounds goofy, but it'll make sense in a second. Patience has to be worked in order to work. I had the opportunity to be out of town for a few days, and, and the truck that I drive is, you know, it's a, a 2005, and it's got a diesel engine in it, and, and so, you know, it's really meant to be started and run every day. And when you don't start it, and you don't run it for a while, uh, it, it, it might give you a little trouble when you get back and you decide to crank it up, you know. Well, it's, it's something that's meant to be worked in order to work, and patience is just like that. I mean, it's use it or lose it. It's not something that you just have and you always keep on standby, but rather it's something that has to constantly be worked in our life in order to be a prevailing force in our decisions and in our actions. And I'll explain here in a second something that, that is connected to that, and it might make life make a little more sense. I'll give you a passage of Scripture here in Romans. Romans 15, verse 5. <clears throat> Romans 15, verse 5. Uh, this passage of Scripture, we're going to read several verses here uh, before verse 5. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have uh, access and by faith and by grace to stand before God the Father and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Now I'm looking at verse 3. And not only so, but we glory and we celebrate in tribulation. Okay, tribulation is not fun. It's a problem. It means you've got something that's, that's not going right. But yet we get excited about things when they don't go right. Knowing that tribulation worketh, I mean, that's again King James. Forgive me for that. I, I don't speak like that. But it means that it puts to work. It fully uh, accomplishes or finishes or performs patience. Problems work patience. And then patience brings about experience. Now, some translations, and they're rightfully so, they say proven character. When you walk through problems with patience, it develops proven character, making good choices. And then that proven character brings about life experience. And then life experience brings about hope. And hope does not make a shame because the love of God has been revealed and released by the Holy Spirit to us. So, I mean, all of that is meant to be read through and then revisited and kind of slowed down a little bit to show the importance of patience and what's necessary. I mean, obviously, this victory, this victory that has hope and the promises of God attached to it, this, this wonderful uh, series of life experiences of proven character, having made the right choices and done the right things, all of these things that we would love to describe our lives as all comes down to patience and patience being worked. What good is patience unless it's prevailing against a problem? I'm incredibly patient until something goes wrong. Right now, I'm being real patient. You should see how patient I'm being right now. I'm totally patient. 
wall-to-wall patience. But patience isn't revealed when there's no problem. It's revealed when the problems come. And it takes the problem to work the patience. And then when there's patience, there's an opportunity, an opportunity to have proven character. And that proven character becomes our reputation. That's how I interpret that word experience. And when we become a people with a reputation of proven character, a people who can walk through problems and trials and do it in a victorious and upright way, then that produces hope. Not just hope for ourselves, hey, done it before, I can do it again, but for those around us who are going through things where they can't see a solution. But yet they can look and say, wait a second, you've handled this with proven character. And they open up for the advice and the counsel, the leading and the word of God to bring about that same victory in their lives, an opportunity to truly love your neighbor. I want us to be a people that generate hope just by our very existence. That when the world looks at us, they see a people of proven character, a people equipped to make the right choices, a people who have been there, done that, have the life experience, all because when the problem came, patience prevailed. I want to give you a final passage of scripture here about what that worked patience actually produces. When patience is put to the test and when patience prevails, it brings about something absolutely powerful. In fact, I believe it positions us to fulfill that call that Jesus made as he closed his sermon saying, hey, be perfect, just like your heavenly father is perfect. James chapter 1, I want to look at verses 2 through 4. The book of James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. I told you before we'd find how to be perfect. I'd like for you to see if it stands out to you in this passage of scripture. Brethren, count it all joy. When you fall into temptation, knowing that the trials of your faith, working out patience, do something great. It lets patience have her perfect work so that you might be perfect, that you might be complete, and that you might be in want of nothing. I'm going to read that again because I want to stop somewhere. Brethren, count it all joy when you have problems. A little bit of paraphrasing going on. Knowing that problems test your faith and work patience. But let patience have her perfect work in you so that you might become perfect, that you might become complete, and that you might lack nothing. I look at my life and I ask myself questions like, is, am I in that place? If I describe my life, would it be wanting for nothing? If it's not, then I want to ask God, let patience prevail in my life. That I might live like that. I want that to describe me wanting nothing. If I find myself in a place where that does not accurately describe my life, it's not things I need to ask for, it's patience. Let me have patience. Because it's patience that works this out in me that leaves me in a place where I'm wanting nothing. Complete. If I'm not feeling complete in any aspect of my life, Father, I'm not going to point my finger at that thing. I'm not going to point my finger at my children or my wife or my boss. I'm not going to point my finger. I'm going to point my finger only right here at me. Father, give me patience so that that might describe me. When patience has its work in me, I might be described as complete, as whole, imperfect. Wow, what a strong word. If that's not describing me, 
then my prayer is, Father, let patience prevail in my life, that I might have the benefits of patience, that my life might be identified as perfect, complete, and in want of nothing. Now, there's something there that I, I think is interesting as we read this passage of Scripture. And it's a perspective that we need to adopt. I mean, when it says something like, count it all joy when your faith is put to the test. I've read that, but it's kind of hard to actually do. I've really rarely had a problem come my way and thought, ow, been waiting on that. This is my time to shine, baby. Most of the time when problems come my way, it's, it's met with frustration. But I think the Word of God is, is communicating something to us here that we need to be able to read between the lines and see. And it starts with an understanding of who God is, that He is outside of the difficulty that we're in, that He's able to look from the outside and constantly make provision, make provision through that abiding fellowship that He made a way for, that provision to lead us in all wisdom, to provide perfect counsel, to equip us with the direction that we need. Every single problem is an opportunity for us to become more perfect. Every single problem is an opportunity for us to become more complete. Every single problem is an opportunity for us to live a life that is in lack of nothing. Now I understand why so many problems seem to come my way. I'm serious. I understand why so many problems seem to come my way because God is at work in me. And in the past where I would have been rebuking the devil left and right, I can now stop and say, you know what? It doesn't really matter to me if the devil's involved in this or not. I know you are and that you're working something out in me. You're giving me an opportunity to step into this, to be victorious and to step out of this more complete to step out of this wanting nothing and to step out of this closer to perfection than I stepped into it. I want us to adopt that mentality when we're faced with problems. To let patience do something wonderful and powerful in us. And the end result isn't that we would just be more patient as a people, but that we would have that which is necessary to love one another. So that when the world looks at us, they would see exactly what the Bible promises they would see when they see Christians. You will be identified in this world by your love for one another. I want to ask you to stand with me this morning. Thank you for listening to this message from Champions Church. We invite you to join us this Sunday for our celebration worship service. For more information, please visit us at Church.